Welcome to Coop Talk, where we discuss our favorite sport with other Coop enthusiasts. I'm your host, Chad Bevers, and this is our third episode titled, It is Coopin' Time in Northern Michigan. This episode was recorded on March 22, 2016, and is the first part of a Coop Talk Live session hosted by Coop United on our TeamSpeak 3 server. If you're interested in joining us for live broadcast, please visit our Coop United channel on YouTube and listen to the How to Set Up and Connect Coop United TeamSpeak 3 server. During this broadcast, we interviewed Phil Dickinson from Great Lakes Coop and discussed his introduction to the game and his upcoming 1v1 tournament on April 30th. Darren Frigger is my co-host on these podcasts, and thank you for listening as we jump into the conversation with Phil. Phil, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, your background and how you got introduced to Coop? I'd love to. Um, I go to a lot of craft shows, and I uh, I make wood. You know, I'm a woodworker, and I'm a, I'm a social worker both. If I love my woodworking, and you know, I, I've done craft shows since 2001. But you know, about 10 years ago, I think it was in 2005, I was at a craft show, and I had you know some cornhole games and ladder golf and some swings and stuff that I was making. Some guy came up to me. He introduced himself as a dentist in the Charlevoix, Michigan area, and he said, "You know, you got to make this game called Coob." And um, I said, uh, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he said, well, my daughter plays it, he said. She's a softball player, a, an, an awesome player, and that she throws that baton in the Coob game, and nobody can beat her because she's so good at her uh, uh, softball throw. You know, She's just unbeatable. And you've got to look it up, and you've got to make this game. So he got me excited, and I went after that weekend, you know, 10 years ago. You know, I looked up the game, I read the rules, and I started making it. And so, I, you know, I... I've been selling it every year for the last, um, you know, 10 years. And when I, you know, when I made it, I, you know, we were, I was using the toppling, you know, like the towering, you know, rule where you had to stack the coops. And I even had ropes for the baseline and, you know, and I sold, I sold quite a few sets in Michigan, you know, I mean, I probably a few hundred, you know, and, but then I heard about the nationals, of course, and I had to go check that out. So I got a hold of Eric and I said, you know, I've been making this game for years. And actually I was, I think I was one of the first ones to make it in the country. You know, Kube was in the United States somewhere in the early 2000s, maybe 2001. And when I looked it up on the Internet in 2005, I think I could only find one person that was in Pennsylvania making it commercially. You know, everybody else was making it, I, I assume, individually. Um, so then I, I got a hold of Eric and said, you know, I'd like to come watch this, but I'd like to sell a few Kube sets and a few yard games. And he said, yeah, come on out. So in 2014, I, you know, went out there and sold some games and watched. And I got the Kube bug and uh, the rest is history, you know, and... Uh, Kind of that's uh, that's how I got introduced to it, and that's how I got to this point here, and uh, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so in 2005, when you started making them, did you did you play a lot then, or were you mainly just making them? I pl- I did play a lot. I played a lot of craft shows to demonstrate the game, and <laughs> I would play at family reunions and uh, you know get-togethers. But it was hit or miss. I wasn't playing it you know every other day like I am now. So. Uh, and that was pretty good, but I, I, I wasn't excelling. I was uh, I was fairly decent because I was playing a little bit. But yeah, I did. I mean, I was I, I wasn't playing a ton. I want to know where this girl is now that was so good that she was unbeatable. I don't know. Is she still playing? Do you know? I, you know, we've had a lot of uh, news re- uh, articles put out there uh, in, in the surrounding towns regarding uh, my two tournaments that I've had here. And I've even in one of the interviews that I did, I said, uh, you know, I, you know, that there was this dentist in Charlevoix and a daughter and everything. And and I was hoping that somebody would read the article and get a hold of me, but. To this date, I haven't heard back from anybody, and I don't have his name. I, don't, I have no idea who it is, but but that's I have to give credit when I find out. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably buy the the guy uh, 
a bottle of uh, champagne or something. Yeah, it's funny. I had I had no idea, Phil, that you were in the coup for that long either, and that's kind of about how long I've been playing. Um, but didn't didn't realize that it was a thing back when I was playing because I just thought some woodworker made the, this game up and. It's funny because everybody enjoyed it, and come to find out, there you know it is a thing. Back in two thousand and whatever seven, when I or eight or nine, whatever, I forget what it is. Time by time flies so so fast nowadays. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was a strange thing too. I looked it up, and up comes uh, the national coup uh, tournament. So it was pretty interesting to to find out. Pretty exciting actually to find out that uh, it wasn't just us crazy people, you know, playing escape once a year on Fourth of July. Well, you know, after I watched the 2014, you know, um, nationals, um, I got back and I vowed I was gonna, I was gonna practice every day. I was gonna get better and I was gonna come back with a team the year, you know, in 2015. And not only that, but in two and a half months, I was gonna have my own major coup tournament. <laughs> and I was, I was convinced I could do it. And I didn't care how many teams showed up. I was just gonna get it started, whether two teams or, or 20 teams. And so, and so I, I got it started. And, um, you know, I've, I've been, I'm just excited about, hosting tournaments i love the challenge of trying to do it and do it right making sure if people are going to drive this far you know a lot of people you know four or five six you know in more hours that i want to make sure they have a good time and that uh it's going to be an experience that they're going to enjoy so that's the challenge for me that um i play a lot i get excited about you know people learning the game and and uh getting excited like i you know i've been with about it and so yeah, there's just uh, it's it's the best that's the best game ever invented as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're gonna definitely have to thank that dentist if you ever find out who he is and who is who his uh, daughter is or, or the girl basically is playing. That's that's a pretty awesome story right there. So then, uh, Phil, you you had your two or three player tournament previous years. Now this year you're going to a one on one in addition to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? You know I've got. You know, one tournament a year uh, here is just not enough for me. I mean, there's only so many times that we can travel. You know, like I know Darren, you uh, you went to like 20, 25 tournaments last year, and you know, I wish I, could, you know, I, I wish I wish I could do that. But it, so if I can get a bunch of them in Michigan, Michigan, if I have to host them, I'll do that. But so this this Michigan one v one is I have to give credit to Jesse Jesse Fram here. He said uh, I don't know a few months ago or whatever he said, Phil, you've got to have a one one v one up there. And um, I thought about it, and he's, I thought he's absolutely right. You know, we've got to. I mean, I, I love 1v1s. I mean, I love team team ones. But, I mean, the the, uh, the individual single tournaments are just so much challenging. And and, um, and I just love them. So, so I got it on the calendar. And um, hopefully the pitches will be ready, not under snow, the end of April up here. And, um, and we're going to do it. So just a little bit about it. You know, I know some of you may know about it already. But it's uh, April 30th, 20 bucks a person. Starts at ten, and we're going to have you know thanks to Chris that's on the line here that for sending me the uh, the program, the classic program for the that's designed for for the singles math uh, games, and uh, we're going to do nine games, twenty five minute uh, games, and then after that will be the top eight, you know, best of three with no time limits. Um, I plan to have painted pitches. You know, I've got a horse pasture here that um, I, the horses don't use, and I've just groomed it, and you know, I can have twenty five pitches, I can have fifty if I need them. Um, I'm going to have a uh, you know, they're going to be the middle stakes, the uh, midfield stakes are going to be pulled, and we're going to do the 100% in rule. You know, Evan got a hold of me, uh, you know, a little while ago and said he's going to be doing that. And I, and we played it during practice last Saturday. Uh, the club here got together and um, uh, a little bit, and I think we talked about it. And um, so we're going to, we're going to do that and see how it works uh, for the 1v1. Uh, we're going to have, um, I'm going to have uh, trophies for the top three. Uh, everybody gets a uh, uh, drink holder, and I've got things to give out. We're going to do two, four, six, start. Uh, the neighbor rule, 
you know, I absolutely love that. So we're going to, we're going to do that as well. And something, I think, I think Dobby did a, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was Chris or Dobby or somebody that actually did a King slaying contest. And I'm not sure if mine's going to be the same, but we're going to have everybody pitch in a, like five bucks. Uh, and then we're going to have a King slaying contest where you get two throws. They got to be legal baton throws at four meters. If you get it, if you get it down, you get to stay in. If you don't get it down, you, you're out. And uh, we're going to move it one meter back all the time until, uh, to one person's left, uh, knocking the king over to win the, the money prize. So we're going to do that at noon at lunch. I'm excited about that. Um, otherwise, I'll hopefully videotape the uh, finals and the semifinals and get that posted on YouTube so everybody can kind of see it. And uh, as far as the, you know, bring the mo- you know, bring money, uh, the day of the event's fine. There's no, uh, there's no paying ahead of time. So um, that's basically it, unless there's any questions about it. Uh. The next speaker is Phil's cousin from Great Lakes Cube, Matt Doan. I got a quick question. I don't know if you explained this to me, Phil, but um, you said the top eight, it's going to be no time limit. Is there going to be a time limit for the games before top eight? Yeah, so it'll be 25 minutes uh, per game, uh, and so there'll be five minutes between games. So start at 10, be done at 10.25. You know, I've got to get all the scores inputted and everything, hit the next round on the program so that everybody will be matched up to somebody else with a similar ability uh, throughout the day, and so we'll ha- they'll, they'll do another 25 minutes until 11 and then you know you know or 5 to 11 so it's a 25 minute uh games uh for the first nine and how would you decide the victory if they weren't able to complete you know yeah so the yeah um, the way that and i'll have to show you matt you live just down the road here i'll have to bring up the program we're gonna have to sit and i'll show you it but ba- yeah basically if, if you don't finish a, a game in 25 minutes it'll be whoever's leading will get the uh the edge in terms of the inputting uh who is leading or who is who is not leading uh at 25 minutes it's based on baseline coops left. Both that, are the same, then it's a tie. Right, Chris? The next speaker is Chris Hodges from Des Moines Coob and director of Coob United. That's correct. And the the uh, player that's leading is going to get two-thirds of a point, and the player that's trailing will, will get one-third. So uh, it's a lot better than a loss, but it's not as good as a win. Yeah, by the end of the day, you can we can see where everybody is seated in, in, uh, in terms of uh, our ladder. You know, we can actually you know, determine that as well that day, who's, uh, who's actually, uh, see who's seated, uh, at the end of the day, as far as our ladder and kind of, uh, look at that again by the end of the day, uh, as far as our club members. Hey Matt, have you played, uh, that, that system basically where, where in the, in the morning round robin, you actually play, uh, like teams based on your record. Have you uh, played this, the classic or the Swiss system at all? I'm not sure. Uh, Phil, is that what we did for the tournament? in september there last year or yeah as a matter of fact we that's what i did last september so that you know how after every round i had new new teams paired up with each other and that's exactly what what we did um but it was best out of three games for that tournament and i know i know that my uh, friend mark was concerned that you know like people are going to say well i'm just a single game is not fair i I want best out of three but i think the way i i just i just love it because you know most of the time only five percent of the team ever ever come back to win a third game when they've lost the first game to meet so many uh, new players, you know, play against new players, you know, throughout the day. Instead of seeing four or five people, you get to see nine or ten or more. So, I mean, there's just so many advantages to doing a single game. And Phil, are you playing yourself? If I get more than um, 60 people, I won't because there'll be too much to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I, seriously, if, I mean, I think I will if it's, you know, 25 or under or 30 or under. It's just a, there's just a lot of work to disorganize the scoring, and, you know, to get everything working. Unless I can get a few people to help me make sure scores are inputted so I don't have to you know, finish my game in 25 minutes and only have five minutes to do all that. So I'll play yeah. it by ear. Yeah, you know, it sounds awesome. I'm I'm going to be playing in Chippewa Falls that weekend or I would have made the road trip. I'm looking forward to seeing you here some other time, though. Twice a year I'll yeah. be hosting something. And I know uh, 
what Evan's going, Chad, you're going, Matt Green, a lot of people going. Yeah, making a trip out there. We're, we're looking forward to it, and hopefully it's not in our snow. <laughs> yeah, I've got four or five people from Detroit at least coming for sure, and probably more. And then Jesse might have a couple coming from Kalamazoo with him, and I got I don't know six or eight people locally. So I, you know, I've got about twenty if I've got the numbers right, and I expect you know with a month left to to have more. So it'll be a good turnout. And you know, uh, Darren and and Chad, you know, I, I don't know if it's possible, but I go I work in the Escanaba area, you know, Western UP, and I wouldn't mind taking a trip down uh, your way and meeting up some. Uh, some evening, maybe this spring or summer. Yeah, I always look forward to that. So yeah, that that'd be great. And uh, like I said, uh, we're looking forward to that. Sounds like a great tournament. And um, you said you're going to have the hundred percent in rule. Did, did you? You said you played with that. What What are your thoughts on that versus the fifty percent in? You know, I I think I was concerned whether or not uh, the painted pitches would help with that, or if it would be easy to determine without painted pitches. But but either way, it's fine. See, it's, it's a lot easier to cite down the two corner posts to see if it's 100% in or not. No, I think my big thing is that it's going to be so much better than, um, you know, hiding that coup behind the, the stake. You know, also, it's, it's, there's an advantage in the Inca stairs that, you know, that when teams might have two footprints that they can lift, it's going to force them to maybe come one way and tight, and force the, uh, actually tighten the pile when they could have had the option defending and raising it on you know the other way so i think it can go either way but it really does of uh, of the uh defenders having to to raise it one way so i like it matt did you did you play with that uh what are your thoughts on that you know at first it was kind of weird because i've gotten so accustomed to kind of just tossing it onto one of the lines and hoping it you know it's get forced in but it actually forces you to in cast better i guess you could say because you want to actually you know group up a little better and if it's not 50 percent, you know there's no question about it so there's no bickering between teams and all that so it kind of it kind of makes the game easier to, to decide yeah i mean it's very clear and there's no more uh, like you know bickering over well i think it's 50 percent, and well no it's slightly under and then have even though most most teams can figure it out you know and, and come to an agreement but it does take that, that uh guess and guesswork out no that that's great and it's great to get that uh opinion and and uh, perspective from other people because again it's something that we are looking at doing for the open uh, we talked a little bit about that and we're still still talking and, dis- and discussing that but what i've played um that's all i've played lately is 100 percent in and i love it so i'm glad other people are, are you know have an opportunity to try it and, and given their us the the opinion up on that and you know, it's for me. It's like it takes a minute to get used to because you know everyone's trying to cut that line so hard. And but once you get used to doing it, you know it's second nature. Just like anything, as far as this game goes, you know the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And as far as hundred percent is concerned, you know I'm all into it. It just it cuts out the the room for error and judgment. So I mean, what can be better for a game that's so you know, closely based on deciding something based on, you know, human perception, you know, what you look at. Thank you for listening to this episode of Coop Talk brought to you by Coob United. If you like what you heard, please share with us with your friends. You can follow us at Coob United on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or check out our homepage at coobunited.com. Check out our next episode where we discuss with Phil about his book titled Mastering Kube. You'll not want to miss this hearing about this passion project and learn more about Phil and his outstanding contributions to the game of Kube.
Come